Welcome to Trine Day's The Journey, conversations with publisher Chris Milligan. I am Bruce DeTorres. With us is Ari Ben-Manashi, author of Prophets of War, Inside the Secret U.S.-Israeli Arms Network. Ari spent more than a decade in the innermost circles of Israeli intelligence. He was privy to the secret negotiations with the Iranians to delay the release of the American hostages until after the election of Ronald Reagan. And he is the man who paid off the Iranians for the American hostages. Chris and Ari, it's good to be with you both. I'm very uh, privileged and, and honored to uh, talk to you, sir. My life Chris, has, thank you, has been affected thank by you. the intelligence game. I've never worked for intelligence. My daddy did. And because of that, it's, it's affected my, uh, my whole life. He, at one time, he told me some stuff that he did. He, he waited for the 10-year period because he'd signed a piece of paper before he talked to me. I was floored when he talked to me, you know, and I didn't believe him. You know, I, I think about it later on and, and think about, you know, well, you know, he signed this piece of paper, said he couldn't say anything for 10 years. But, you know, most people, if he would have talked, they wouldn't have believed him either. How does intelligence, how did it affect your life? How does it affect the life of the world? Well, you see things in a different light than other people see them. Everybody is your friend and everybody's your enemy. You can talk to anybody and everybody you want to talk to or you have to talk to. The words enemy, friends sort of fade away and um, everybody's fair game. What, what's the objective of <laughs> To collect information about other people and what they want and officially realistically it can make life better for people when you know what other people really are thinking or wanting it could make life easier better a large part of intelligence is just you know is just taking notes you know finding out uh, you know what's going on and, and you know you get the public information and then you start getting the private information and then you know uh, uh, things start going actionable I want to give you an example. I was working in the Israeli consulate in Tehran just before the revolution. This goes back to 1977-78. And the best way to collect intelligence or whatever you want to call it, information. I used to go to Tehran University and I used to meet people there and talk to them. The Israelis became more aware of what's about to happen than the U.S. government, that they were informing the U.S. government at the time about what was occurring in Iran, because we were talking to people in university and the street and thing, just to get a feel for the place. It's not necessary to go into government secrets or so on and so forth. You just need to get a feel of the situation or of the place. This is a good example. The Israelis were well aware that something's afoot in Iran while President Carter was praising the Shah. My, my father, one of the things he told me about, he, he looked at me and, you know, he says, uh, Vietnam War is about drugs and uh, there's these secret societies behind it. And then he says, and communism's all a sham these same secret societies are behind it all. It's all a big game. Do you have any comments about what my dad said? Some of it is a big game, of course, depending where, when, how. But yeah, sure, it's a game. 
some, it's a commercial game. People were selling drugs and, and so on, and Vietnam and so on and so forth, but not all of it. The drug trade has been a huge cash cow for uh, many people, especially the people in the shadows. Correct, correct. Right, I mean, you know, I remember reading uh, uh, the statement from a, from a Turkish official one time. He says, oh, a half a million dollars, no problem. It's just a semi load. And, and you were uh, intimately involved in some of this shadow activity. And yeah, hold on, Chris. Uh, we were not all bad. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying it, 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 okay. it, that, that everybody is all bad. Some some people were involved in drugs. Yes, that's true. That's very true. But a lot of this activity was legitimate, is legitimate, was legitimate at the time, because governments um, sometimes hide hide things. Sometimes people aren't aware of foreign cultures and so on and so forth. A lot of it is legitimate, some is not. It does create, you know, I mean, this big uh, cash pile out there, out there in the shadows that mm -hmm. you know, ICS has allowed, you know, them, uh, you know, people to take over, you know, other companies. I mean, like, you know, if, if we had two sugar companies, but we really, there's mm -hmm. just one big sugar trust, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a couple other interests running around and you have one company that's bringing back cocaine and the other one isn't, which one is going to last. And that's one reason why I've worked very, very hard uh, first off to uh, get cannabis legal and, mm -hmm. and work to get these other drugs into a more legal market outside of the black market because the black market allows people in the shadows too much uh, sway. I totally agree with you. Uh, the black market should be brought to a minimum. Right. Now, you got put in jail, okay? For, That's right. For, for, for basically standing up and telling the truth. Yep. So how did how did how did how did you feel about that? What was was that a low point in your life? What was going on? It might have been a high point at some point because it released me from the burden of being part of the intelligence service. So <laughs> not, not very many people get to do that, you know, quite as openly as you as you did. I did. I did it openly and that uh, thing, and I got lucky. I, I told the truth in the trial and I got acquitted and, uh, and it released me from my burdens of the past. Who's pulling some strings in the world these days? What, what's going on? What, what, what does Ari, how does Ari see the world? I think um, it's a multilateral world. It isn't only America and China. No, 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 no. It's a multilateral world with people pulling strings all over the place. And uh, we have to live with it. What do you want to see in the future? What, what, what would you like to see a, a future world look like? A multilateral world with um, people living in peace with each other, working together. But multilateral, not giving one or two big countries the power to control our lives when I, when I look at when I look at the world I, I, I've, uh, I see a uh, Leviathan and, and the top level is is mining metal and money 
you know, the money is supposed to be based the metal and the money is supposed to be based on and, and you know, those people are in a, in a, in a pretty good position. Then I, I find the middle section to be drugs, guns, and, and oil. Okay, this is a very, very, very active thing. They, you know, war gets used a lot to get players into position. And then where this meets the road is media, movies slash music, and quote unquote magic. Okay, the ability of these people in the shadows to, to hoodwink us sometimes, and, and also their preponderance on using mass trauma to scare the bejesus out of us, you know, and keep us in line, you know, because I, I see the, the JFK assassination as a, uh, the killing of the king, a mystical rat, you kill the king, you, you take his power, okay, and you do it in public, and, and it uh, makes the uh, public less uh, excited about things, and then 9-11 was, was a similar thing. Now, you know, you get involved in conspiracy theory, and, you know, I, I looked into conspiracy theory, you know, very heavily, and, you know, went out there and bought all the books, you know, and I can find a book that blames, you know, blames it all on the Jews, blames it all on the Mormons, blames it all on the hippies, blames it all on the Masons, blames it all on, on one particular group. You're talking to the people in, in Miramar? Yes, I am. We are their consultants. The whole media, media is all reporting wrongly about what really occurred there. The military pushed out a civilian government. But the civilian government, people forget, only two or three months ago was accused of racism and pushing out a million Rohingyas out of Myanmar. So there's a lot of things to put together. It isn't one side or the other. And you're right, it's, it's not one issue. And we believe against all media speculation that we can probably get a peaceful democracy by helping the military there to do a transition because they can do it. It's a stable force. Our company did the same thing in Sudan and we were successful. We're trying to apply the same model in Burma and Myanmar. And our friends in the government right now are listening to us. And what bothers me about this all is the media is going crazy. I've been attacked personally in the last two weeks at least 50 times by different media outlets. But they all call us and ask us, by the way, as you may know, we have many, many media calls about this right now. And they really got it wrong. Here is why the intelligence world could be a positive, because some people are able to get it right. You know, the media sometimes, you know, there's an agenda there. Sometimes the agenda. It's an agenda. It's clearly an agenda. All of them are uh, on the same track. They wouldn't, because nobody's there. You know what we did to try to change the media? We asked the government of Myanmar to give some visas to Western media. Now there's a CNN crew, by the way, in Myanmar, we asked the government to give them visas, and they did give them visas. Maybe they'll see realistically what is happening and maybe change the narrative. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot yeah. of times, you know, their, their narrative is to uh, 
you know, is to affect. It's dictated. It's and, 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 you know, sometimes the agenda is is from ignorance, okay? Because everybody in the media isn't a, isn't a bad, evil person. Okay? No, 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 no. But they get, they get played. They get, they get played in, in, into positions, and sometimes they get played into positions where, you know, they, they can't, can't do anything. Now, you were, you were born in, in uh, uh, Iran, right? Yep. In, in Tehran. By accident. <laughs> By accident. Well, no, you're. you're... My parents are, weren't Iranian Jews, were not Iranian Jews, but they happened to be in Iran at the time. Right, right. So I, my, my question is here, this was uh, in the 50s, uh, you were a young kid. Who I'm, I'm getting, I'm almost 70. Uh, I'm 71. So, you know, okay. I mean, you've seen quite a, a wide swath of life. I mean, you know, being a, you know, a, a child in Tehran in the 50s and then, you know, being Israel. And, uh, okay. What do you think of it? You know, what, what do you think of your journey? This journey gave me an education. I think I know the world better than I knew, knew it before. You know, being a kid in Iran and going at the time to an American school in Tehran, remember it was a pro, pro US, the Shah was pro US. And, and then going to Israel and also going to an American school in Israel. So it gave me, different perspectives on things. And um, as you may know, I've traveled a lot and, and yeah, so on. The world broadens a person. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you get a global view that's a bit different than if you were in one place. So do you have hope for the future? I do. I, I, I sometimes I, I wonder why, but I, I have great hope for the future. I hope so too. I have, I have hopes too, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what what will come out. From, you know, you know, with the um, the environmental issues and uh, and so on. There are too many of us on Earth. I, I do find, and the population is growing. You know, I'm I'm always very. Uh... Oh, I, I like discussion. Okay, I, I, I think that we're, we've got a problem. Well, how do we solve it? Well, we, we talk about it, you know? We go and talk about it. That's right. That's right. We go talk about it. We don't sanction each other and yell and scream at each other or shoot at each other. Let's go talk about it. Right, right. And, that, and that's also where the world, uh, the intelligence comes in. Because some intelligence work could be smart work, not just buying and selling drugs. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, question about world politics. What's going on, Eric? What's going on in the world? Two countries that um, seem to be the most powerful countries on earth, China and the US, are competing for resources instead of sitting down and talking to each other. How much money are we spending on you know, weapons of war and trying to kill each other? Producing weaponry and destroying it without war is good for the economy. It's a big item. 
Well, remember, you know, the U.S. economy is basically based on producing weaponry. Most of it isn't used. Most of it is um, just buried somewhere in the desert after a while. It keeps the economy rolling. There are millions of people employed. Yeah, and, and we got millions of homeless people now, you know? Yeah, that's right, that's right. What, what, what about the, the whole uh, uh, Trump episode here? You have any comments about uh, Mr. Trump and what, what happened here during the last couple of years and whatnot? Well, Mr. Trump is very special, I would, I would say so. Remember the COVID issue? Mm-hmm. He just thought um, it will go away by itself. It didn't. Imagine, imaginary thinking, just imagining that it's going to go away. It didn't. And he really damaged the Middle East. He had good plans for the Middle East, but it didn't work out the way it should have worked out. He had plans to put the Israelis and the Arabs together. That was fine, but not the Palestinians, which made it a problem. And then he had a plan to put the Arabs, Israelis on one side and the Iranians on the other side to come together. But it didn't work out that way. He thought by playing hardball, the Iranians will come think. And he was warned that the Iranians will not go for hardball. They have to be talked to. He didn't do it right. Maybe some of his intentions were good, but intentions. But again, at the end, we saw his racist self come out, uh, you know. So uh, COVID, you know, we've got uh, people claiming uh, COVID's a hoax and the whole thing is, uh, you know, designed for control and whatnot. What are, what are your thoughts on, on COVID? It did happen. I, I agree. But yeah, a lot of governments are using it right now for control. Sure. I totally agree with that statement. A good example of it is actually the Canadian government. They're trying to use it it to change the economy to take control. This liberal government in Canada is almost now acting like a fascist government. A lot of people are looking at this and saying, why are they doing this? It isn't about only control of COVID. You know, believe it or not, people are talking that this good liberal Canadian government has turned into a fascist dictatorship and COVID allowed them to do so. So what's gonna happen? These governments are gonna make a mistake or have been mistaken and they're probably gonna collapse because you can't, people aren't gonna take it for too long, much longer. We have vaccines right now. Everybody should be vaccinated and just let life go on. Yeah, yeah. Once once the Trump was in the water, a lot of agendas came out. That's right. That's right. It it allowed him uh, to do all kinds of different things. So that's right. Now, uh, I want to circle back a little bit to now uh, nuclear weapons. There's uh, quite a few countries that have uh, nuclear uh, capabilities. What, what, are, what are your thoughts about the uh, 
nuclear weapons in the world? For a while, it was nuclear weapons could have been a positive deterrent, what they call the balance of terror between countries. I have a gun, you have a gun. If we both use it, we'll both destroy each other. So there's a balance of terror. But now there are too many countries that have it. And one crazy guy may get tempted to use it. And this should be stopped. How? Suffocate any government that wants to produce these weapons and or give them incentive not to use it. In the Iranian case, by the way, I would not go for this European nuclear deal that Obama did, uh, joined. I would do something else. I'd tell the Iranians I'm taking off all sanctions, I'm opening an embassy in Tehran. One condition, we'll help you with the economy, we'll work with you like we did way before the Ayatollah state took over, like we did, worked with the Shah. But you guys stop producing or working on any nuclear weapons. Now, I would also, if I was Mr. Biden, I'd call my Israeli friends and tell them, stop spreading nuclear weapons. Don't give the Saudis nuclear weapons. The Israelis are into that quite a bit. Tell them, if you do that, we're going to slow down our relationship. There are ways of doing it. One thing, too, I think COVID did is it, it really showed uh, the paucity and the perfidy uh, of a lot of government action. And another thing yeah. that it really kind of laid bare is what is money? Uh, because, you know, I mean, they're just pulling, you know, money out, out, out from everywhere. And in Canada, I believe they're giving the citizens, we get told 2000 a month or something like that. What is money, Ari? And, and, and you know, who controls it? How, how, okay, how, can I say something sure, about that? Sure. Yeah. There are a few Western governments that their currency is recognized as something that can be used, like the states, Canada, Australia, UK, European Union. So basically, they're printing paper right now and giving it to people. But this is also wrong. In Canada right now, despite of the fact that the government is reporting that there's over 6 million unemployed, go try to find somebody to work for you. You won't get a worker. You know why? They're getting 2000 or whatever a month for staying at home. So where, do, where does this money come from? The, the, the printing press. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's backed with nothing. This is the trouble with it. It's going to collapse the economies of things. Mr. Biden is wrong by print, giving out all this money without uh, making sure people go back to work. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's one thing that he is doing. I mean, he, you know, he's proposing $3 trillion worth of taxes, okay, of, of other taxes, which I find commendable because you know politicians get skewered all the time for saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna tax." You know the the question of, of what is money? It's what uh, a few governments choose to give out to people. COVID nineteen laid the whole thing bare. Right, right. Now 
my, my father was tangible. Uh, it was on the outside of uh, Operation Golden Lily. Okay, which mm -hmm. is Japanese, you know, uh, great, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of gold. Supposedly, you know, there's more uh, black gold. In other words, you know, gold that's off the books than than gold that's on the books. Okay. Okay. Where are those books? <laughs> that's all nonsense. <laughs> Sorry. Money right now is what's printed by the government, what they, a few governments, because other governments can't really print money. They can, but it's use, uh, people don't recognize them as useful. Yes? Mm -hmm. But money is currency printed by a few governments. This currency is recognized as psychological or whatever as valuable. So will we ever have honest money? Is there honest money? Honest money is what the government decides is honest. What, what's your thoughts on Bitcoin and, and blockchain currencies? It's the same thing. It's all the same thing. Who runs the world, Ari? Does anybody yeah. run the world? Nobody. No. As I said at the beginning, the multilateral world, there are all kinds of elites around the world that pull strings. But the most powerful ones are the ones that can print this money and uh, give it out and so on. Any comments on the honey traps that are, that are out there? Like what? Oh, like Epstein and, 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 and all. Oh. <laughs> well, the Israelis were experts on, on this. My Israeli friends... Epstein's story, the most interesting part about this was when Bill Clinton got elected, the Israelis got really worried that they have another Jimmy Carter on their hands, which would force them to do a peace deal that they don't want to do, like Jimmy Carter forced them to do the deal with Egypt when they didn't really want to do that deal. That's where Epstein came in and became a very powerful force. He started, he brought uh, Clinton under Israeli control by, yeah, Clinton by was the honey traps that he did with him. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. The, main, the main issue with uh, Epstein. That was what made Eps the Epstein story so compelling. It was about honey trapping a president of the United States and changing foreign policy of the United States. That's why I put a lot of importance to the Epstein story. Yeah, yeah. Well, Clinton was known as a, you know, a dog who wouldn't stay on the porch. <laughs> so well, any, any, any last words, Ari? Any, any last words, any, any, anything you want to tell, tell the world? We'll see what happens. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I, again, Ari, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and, and you know, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and with candor, you. you know, I mean, uh, I, I guess we, we could have gone over old history, but I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on uh, these uh, pressing questions. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks thank a you. lot. And onward. Thanks.